calm Christian here. Good evening. Keep calm and carry on. Late night, but wanted to add my two cents about something that's going on in my own church and which was kind of upsetting me today. And I guess I kind of cooled off from it. So I had said in an earlier podcast that our church had dwindled down from about 100 uh, pre-COVID to about 50, 40, 30 people actually attending every Sunday and looking for a, a pastor. And we have had two interim pastors. And the first committee, we were getting updates about finding an interim pastor. Then nothing. Um, they just stopped. And then all of a sudden, we have to now form a new committee because I was brought on the board between this first interim pastor committee and nothing was done. We're looking for a pastor. We're looking for a pastor. We're looking for a pastor. I'm not on the board, but it just, that's what we heard. And then nothing gets done. And I get pulled into being on the board because I'm a deacon. Never really did this where I was before. But now I was a deacon because, hey, no great brain space to open a door and greet people on a Sunday morning. Right? I can do that. I've got enough brain cells to rub together to do that. So I'm a deacon. I'm a greeter. So I'm on the board. So people say, do you want to be on this pastoral search committee? No. Not at all. No interest. Never had to look for a pastor. Not even interested. Don't know why it's so hard to be frank. Like I think a pastor should just have a pulse and be, do you want to preach the word of God? Do you like preaching the word of God? Do you have a smile on your face on a Sunday morning? Um, I don't know what it takes to be a pastor. Like I've gone on websites and talking about what the pastor says and if he's in line with the church and the community, what's his vision? Like, who cares? We haven't had a, a full-time pastor for two years. So anyways, then this other church comes and they're going to hang out with us because their own church is being renovated. So they knew people in this church and they said, why don't you come and hang out with us while your place is being renovated? So they pumped us back up. Make church great again. Thanks to them, it is. They came from a place where there was no grass, so their kids are absolutely having a field day after church is over because kids and grass belong together, and it's still September, getting into October, and cooling down, but kids and grass, kids should be playing in the dirt, accruing their own natural immunity instead of being given thousands and billions of medical shots. And now our church, our widow, we still have to meet. We're on the board. And these meetings are like promise for one hour. And then with two hours, three hours, like one night, it was till, till almost 10 or 1030. And I'm just tired. I'm so fed up with this admin stuff. Like I'm just not an administrator. I honestly don't care. 
I have learned about the church constitution. You got to have a church constitution because that's how you, the government and, you know, um, you know, liaisons with us for trustees, whether you're a charity or whether you're a foundation, whether you're incorporated or not corporated or federally incorporated. I don't know how it works in America, but I'm learning. So you got to have a, a constitution for that. And I guess you got to know how to, you know, uh, put somebody on the inactive list, maybe even if they've been removed from fellowship because they don't want to be part of the church anymore, or there's some kind of discipline problem, which I really don't care about. You still got to send out letters and send letters to people. Like it's just a lot of, I don't know, admin work. You know, just send a person an email or don't even bother. Like I didn't have to do with, deal with that at all. And now we have to go on the nominating committee again because we did this at the beginning of the year and for some reason we have to do it again. And we're going through the list. So there's about 70-something people in our church, in our own particular church fellowship. And about 15 or 60 of them are being removed, moved to the inactive list or whatever. So it's really down to 60 or 50. So we're trying to find names for another trustee and deacon and elder and we're just scrape like we have like 15 available people and we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. And anybody who might be available, no, I don't want to come back. Uh, no, I had a problem with somebody else. Just a litany of excuses. Like it just makes it so frustrating. Like these namby-pamby, bellyaching Christians. Only on a podcast by someone named the calm Christian, will you ever hear a Christian who says that he's under the new covenant call other Christians boneheads? Well, I guess I'm the first guy to say that. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. So I don't know if your speech is supposed to be salty or if it means if your speech is a little dirty, you should put some salt on it because it stings and it will cleanse your speech. But I've never heard so much belly aching and excuses and people just whining and complaining how they've been hurt and there's been problems. And, you know, like old people who are understandably coming apart. But some of these people have so much experience with finances. You know, we need like finance people. Our own, uh, the person who's the treasurer probably going to be leaving because she's been there for six years and she wants to, you know, go and nobody really qualified to do this. So basically the prospect that the church might even close up after the other church leaves. I hope they never leave because I don't want to be looking for no pastor. And this, I think the church would implode in one to two years. I was so frustrated today. I was just yelling at myself. Like, I come out of Walmart. I'm just carrying a bag of groceries. And today I had a holiday, but I'm just in a bad mood. I'm just thinking I just want to quit and run from the church and just go up north and live with the elves. There's, there's that escapism fantasy coming again. So I guess this is the podcast where I talk to myself and I'm not talking to you. You just happen to be listening. And I just cannot believe how this church is just going to f- come apart. You know, all the struggling 
and even the people who started the church in the 80s or the 70s, like what kind of people start a church by being, you know, a church is in a barn, and then the barn burns down, but then they still rescue part of it, and then they build some other a part of it, and that's where we're worshiping today in the 2020s. Like, obviously, the people who started the church that I was in, obviously, they had a lot of guts. They had a lot of drive, and they had a lot of push. And these these people today, just excuses, and couldn't get along with somebody, and I've been hurt, and they've been somebody's been hurt, and they can't come to the church no more, and their daughters grew up in the church, but they're just done with the people in the church, and God even knows if they're going anyplace else. As Jesus said, I wish that you would be hot or cold. Which I don't know what that means in Revelation exactly, but maybe because he says, I, I wish that you were either hot or cold. Like if you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna be hot, be hot in the church. And if you're gonna be cold in the church, then go someplace else and be hot there. But this kind of lukewarmish, apathetic, belly aching, belly whining excuse, and I'm just like Lord, I just can't take it anymore. And I happened to look inside Judges, and this is what it said uh, in Judges 7, verses 3. Actually, I'll just kind of read Judges 7, verses 2. The Lord said to Gideon, The people that are with you are too many for me to give the Midnights into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Verse 3, Now therefore go to complain in the ears of the people, saying, Go to proclaim, sorry, go to proclaim, not complain, in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead, and there returns of the people twenty and two thousand, and there were made ten thousand. Wow! Twenty-two thousand people were afraid, and ten thousand stayed. God gave them a choice. It's not like he's forcing you to do something you don't want to do. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto you, This shall go with you, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto you, This shall not go with you, the same shall not go. Verse 5, in the King James. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Every one that laps of the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, him shall you set by himself. Likewise, every one that bows down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord says to Gideon, verse 7, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thy hand, and let all the other people go every man to his place. Why, Why did God do this? Like, we went from 22,000 to 10,000, and from 10,000 to 300 people. A mere handful, handful. 
Isn't that the same movie 300 with Sparta? You know that that movie with uh, that good that actor forgot his name, really handsome dude. You know with the beard, he was the king of Sparta, and they had to go fight. You know the king of Persia. It was 300, wasn't it? Isn't that weird how it's 300 and this is 300? And I'm thinking, Lord, are we are we that army? Like, why am I freaking out? Because these belly aching people don't want to do anything. All they want to do is complain and whine, not come to the church. And if they come to the church, they want it all done. Just don't want to serve anymore. And I was like, just really angry about this. And I was just imagining me being at the board and just yelling at people. And I've never done this, okay, to yell at other people. Like, it just, they're not going to be able to handle this. You know, this is Canada. We're supposed to be like super polite. You know, Canadians don't yell at each other, apparently. We're really polite. Although the Americans say we're kind of a little bit aloof. You know, Americans are very gregarious and friendly, but they'll kind of yell at each other. But you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, That's just my opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. But I was just freaking out today. And when I read this, I'm not freaking out. Like, I'm not going to be taken in with all this fear. Like, one guy who's in the committee is a really patient guy on this nominating. So it's the nominating committee. It's not really the board meeting, but it's the nominating. And he wants to go talk to one guy who's a prospect. But we've asked the guy a million times for other things in the past. He doesn't want to come back to the church. Him and his wife are very happy doing their own little Bible study thing. And he just does not want to, they just not want to attend the church. They want to do their own Bible study and do their own thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to beg anybody to come back to this church. I'm not going to beg any adult Christian to come to the church and serve and do his duty. I refuse to do that. And I was going to tell my friend there that he can go go have lunch with the dude on his own. But I'm not going to do that. Why? Because my friend on the nominating committee is one of the nicest, most patient people I have ever met. He never blows his stack. He's got the self-control thing down pat. Now, he would tell me that in his former life, you know, he, he works in a company. You know, they do some kind of trucking and scheduling. He said he would get angry, throw the phone across the office. That was his old life, you know. And I guess the Lord, you know, saved him from that. And he's been in the church longer than me. I've only been there for since 2018, but he never gets angry. And he's the one that wants to go talk to the other guy and try to convince him and persuade him to come to the church because we need people to serve. We're running out of options. And I guess for my friend there, I will go to the lunch and smile and not blow my stack because it would be bad if I did. But when I read this, God will use whom God will use to either save the church that I'm in or it will implode because there's just too few people who want to serve and maybe people, you know, the less people that come to a church, in all honesty, the less tithe there is the less money to pay the bills, the less resources. The young people are not really coming to the church anymore. We don't have any young people. So I think the writing is on the wall for the church. Many, many techo upsurin. 
you know, the church is just dissipating, disintegrating. Talk about North America, the churches are just imploding. I mean, is it because we have to have persecution? Because persecution and the blood of the martyrs is what is the seed that makes the church grow? Like, it's kind of sad, but it just seems when things are good in North America, and things have been bad, but when you have too much and you get a little bit too content and a little bit too fat, the church just disappears. I guess Christianity only multiplies when there's persecution and things are taken away from you and you have no choice but to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ for sustenance and for a way forward. It's a sad commentary on human the human condition, but I think there are people who are listening to me would probably agree. And it's a sad day to do that, right? We think times are good, we're going to get stuff done. And I think we do in the church, but when times are scarce, it just seems like we're going to fail. But if God wants to make this church grow, he's going to use the handful of people, the 300, the Sparta people. And if not, the church will implode and I'll just go to another church or find another place to go. Or maybe just go to a mega church that I was in before, you know, Cedar View or another church. Sit in the back, listen to the sermon and slip out into the parking lot. This is so frustrating and so sad. And there's a verse in the New Testament, if I turn to it, because I don't want to make podcasts too lengthy. And I hope that I haven't really offended anybody by calling a Christian a bonehead. Like, I like everybody. I want to work with everybody. So if you're really offended, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I've done that. But just really frustrated with this. Like, we're begging adult people to serve in the church, people who say they're Christians for many, many years. And they honestly are like little children with their little petty little offenses, getting caught in the weeds. I don't know what to say. Life is not going well for anybody. It's not smooth. It's not smooth sailing anymore. Everything is over complex and over the top and people are just burnt out with all of this and all this stuff going on in the world. It's the end of the world. It's like Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and just to get people to come and serve and put their talents that they can do. No, no, I got offended. I don't want to do it. You know, this person said this to me. You know, I've got a really thin skin. I've got a thin skin and a hard heart, but Christianity needs people with a soft heart and thick skin. We're just, we're just getting offended. Luke 17, Luke 17, verse 7. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet? And will you not rather say to him, make ready wherewith I can eat and gird myself and serve me till I've eaten and drink, drunk, and afterwards you shall eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to to do. Begging people to come into church, begging people to come to the fellowship, 
trying to get a Sunday school started? Why do we have to beg people? You know, or we have to find a pastor for the needs of our church. What about the needs of the church for everybody to take stock of themselves and make themselves available? Make themselves available. Their duty is to serve. Jesus said, I did not come to be a boss. I came to serve. Why do people not read the scriptures? They obviously want the good, but they don't want any of the responsibility. I'm the same way. But I guess now it's all fallen on a few people and they're all feeling the weight of it and some people are burning out. And if the few people that are left burn out, more will fall on top of me and my friend and other people who want to serve. As if the job and life wasn't hard enough and now church gets hard enough. I thought church was supposed to be a place of rest and it is, but I'm sure that Jesus knew that if you want to serve in the church, if you want to be part of the people that are going to serve, things would get harder. And as, as we go get closer and closer to Jesus' coming, it'll get even harder. I used to have a teacher, a big tall guy in grade 12 named McIntyre. Bald guy, glasses, really tall. Don't know if he was an athlete. He didn't really look meaty, but he was big and tall. And I remember some guy making some kind of excuse or belly aching about homework or something. And all of a sudden he starts making these motions in the air of the teacher as if he's doing something. And I realize he's playing an air fiddle. He's, he's pretending to take a violin out of his violin case and play. It's like, why is he doing that? And so life has a way of explaining things. But what he was trying to do is when the guy was talking, he was making fun of him a little bit, mocking him. With, the, with, with playing the violin as, this, as if to say, oh, you're telling me a sob story now. Let me play the fiddle to accompany your sob story, to accompany your excuse. I saw another pastor do that just recently. Like somebody was talking um, in a meeting and he just kind of played the fiddle briefly and he kind of laughed. Nobody seemed to get offended. It's like, I haven't seen that for a while. But it was like the pastor was trying to say like, don't care about the sob story. I honestly don't care about all these people's belly aching and whining. I don't care. If you want to serve, serve. If you want to sit there, sit there. But don't sit in the church expecting it to be all done for you. Because we've all got jobs and problems and ex-wives and rebellious children and vacant children to deal with in our own life. And one day when you come to church in the parking lot expecting it all to be done for you, the church will be closed up because we can't carry the burden by ourselves. Jesus said to serve. He didn't say to belly ache. But God will use whom God will use, even if it's a scarce handful of people. The prerequisites for serving in the Christian church or not IQ power or proud or arrogance or how big your car is or how big your bank account is or how popular you are on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. The prerequisite is a, is a warm heart, a willing heart and warm hands. I want to serve and I hope the Lord put this into my head for a reason to give me strength and to remind me of the joy that I have 
to be a Christian and to have hope. And that's why I came to the church out of the other system which gave me no hope, no salvation. He's reminding me why I came here and why I was looking for truth to start with. Because I can never go back to my old life. Even though it seemed to be totally empty of this kind of tribulation, I can never go back to the old life. Because as, it, as calm as it was on the outside, there was no salvation, no savior on the inside. It was just obedience to the Sabbath day, which was a noose around my neck. God bless you all. Take care.